It's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to The Afterlight. My guest today is David Fishman. He is backed by popular demand, and he is uh, going to be speaking with me and you today about the 12 core themes of ACIM. Now, before we get into that, let's find out a little bit about David. So having found ACIM, A Course in Miracles in 1977, David knew that this would be his life's work. He has a burning desire for the truth and ACIM fulfilled his purpose. After having led ACIM meetings and groups since 1980, he recognized that developing trust in our higher power was key to remembering the truth of who we are. Everything is given once we recognize the nature of love, peace, light, and the eternal. What we receive, give, share, and all that is given is given to ourselves. And as I say this, David just held up a little cue card and it said, trust will solve any problem now. Sorry, would settle any problem now. Trust (laughs) would settle any problem now. Is that a mantra that you live by, David? Trust? Well, first of all, it's it's in the Course of Miracles. This is a line right out of the Course of Miracles. And of course, the reason we have problems is we don't trust. We, we live in distrust or we, we have fears, concerns, worries, and we don't just let go. If we just completely let go, everything would be happening perfectly. Actually, everything is happening perfectly, but the ego likes to do its own thing. And, and we're very suggestive and we kind of listen to, oh, I should have done this. I could have done this. I should have do it a different way. And the course and the ego is always pointing to different things that we could do, always telling mm. us we have more options. <laughs> right. Or that this next moment will be better or more significant than the one that we're in yeah. now. Uh, exactly. David, do you think you could put your microphone on your head? Do you, would it be comfortable for well, you? Well, um, I could, yeah. Only because it was popping a little bit. Is it kind of, are you kind of stuck in that position is, is if you this, wear it? Is this better? Yeah, that's better. Is it comfortable? Really? To okay. Go? Sure. No, no, it's okay. It's all right. Okay. It's perfect. fine. Okay. Um, yeah, David, I just, let's just talk about the ego just for a second, because I know we have a lot to discuss today in the show, and it's possible that we need to do an entire episode if you're up for it on the ego, because it's such a big thing. But one of the things that you just taught, talked about there is, you know, that the ego mind is kind of the, it's almost like the mind that very often takes over ourselves. And, you know, it's almost as though we're led blindly when we're not in the present moment. And one of the things that I found, so actually, let me go back for a second. So David and I, this is our second conversation. So the first conversation, we talked all about A Course in Miracles, David's journey with that. We talked about how to, you know, sort of get started with The Course in Miracles. And then since our conversation, I actually started A Course in Miracles. 
And then I kind of got out of the habit. So I restarted. I'm kind of out of the habit again. I'm just going to keep going with where I've left off. But one of the things that I'm noticing in the lessons is that it's a lot about understanding that our minds and our thoughts are really not the truth. And that we've sort of given meaning to everything that we see around us based on past mm -hmm. examples and things like that. So just based on that alone, do you think that a lot of that has to do with ego programming? And absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In fact, in fact, my latest thought is to empower yourself. All you need to do is disempower your thoughts. Yes, you're right. And it's because we think we are our thoughts very often, right? We we think a thought, yeah. therefore we believe that that's who we are without recognizing yeah. that we're the observer, the soul behind that. There, there, there's a there's a lesson in the course. Uh, my mind holds only the thoughts I think with God. Those are our real thoughts. Yeah. The thoughts that I, I basically use to look at the world and see differences, compare things, measure things, judge things, they have nothing to do with the thoughts of God. Yeah. It's so funny. I was having a, a difficult time the other day. I was telling you that I just got a puppy and there's, there's been some adjusting with that. And I remember I was having a difficult time just emotionally and just wanting to, you know, do the right thing by him and this sort of stuff. And, and I remember what popped into my mind was, was this line, which was, you know, well, what would love do in this situation? And I think that so often we kind of default to these negativities or judgments or um, comparisons or anything like that in within our ego without kind of recognizing that like you said there that, you know, the thoughts of God are the true thoughts. So do you kind of think that the, the thoughts of God could be the thoughts of love as well? Or do you kind of look at them? Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The yeah. thoughts of God are the thoughts of love and peace, peace, peace love yeah. and light. Now, there's one thought that needs to be looked at again. Here in this world, we think of love like special love, like I love you. I, you know, I, I love my dog. Yeah. That is not the same kind of love of God. Uh, it says in the course, the function of love is one, oneness, equality, sameness. Mm. So when you are included in the love of God, you are one with God. You are one with all, all, all created equally. So it's not the special kind of love of the ego. The ego loves special love because sooner or later, yeah. your special love is not going to be so special anymore. <laughs> the ego wants to be important as well, right? Well, the, well, when you love somebody specially, you're really disavowing all others. You, you know, like I will love you and forsake all others. That's like the, you know, the, the wedding mm -hmm. vows. I, I'll yeah. forsake all. You can't forsake all others yeah. that's that's the belief in separation or the yeah. belief in differences if you believe in differences you're leaving in in the ego's thought system god sees all the same one of the great lines in the course is make this year different by making it all the same equal mm, wow that's one of my one of my it's not such a new idea. I've been saying it for a couple of years. Equality is the new integrity. You know, uh, when we when we lack integrity, and and that's what happens in this world. The uh, Stephen Mitchell, the 
the guy who translated the uh, the Tao Te Ching, also married to Byron Katie. He says what this world is really hungry for is integrity. And it's not the kind of it is honesty, like integrity, but the honesty is seen all as equal. Dishonesty or the ego's corrupt mind says, well, I judge you better than I judge somebody else. So I want to be friends with you. I don't want to be friends with them. That's the belief in separation. But the belief in separation is really the belief that I'm separate from God. God is over there. I'm over here. God doesn't really love me. I got to do for myself. Yes. Yes. Okay. I know our listener at home is going, damn, girl, you got a good guest. I know I did. If you didn't listen to our first episode, you really want to go back and listen to that and then maybe continue with this one or you can listen to the other one after this. It's up to you. So David, one of the things that we are going to be talking about or actually the main focus of today's show is the 12 core themes of ACIM, A Course in Miracles. So I know that, you know, when we go through these 12 core themes within them, I could probably talk to you for hours about each core theme. So for our listener today, we're going to just sort of do a bit of a summary on all the 12 core themes and then maybe okay. we'll do follow-up episodes if David's so so willing, okay. because I All love right. talking about this stuff. So David, uh, let, I'd like let to me know. Just... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, all right. Let, let, let me just give you a brief on how we came to be. Yes, that's what I'm. The, the I'm Course in Miracles is, is three books, actually, and a couple of pamphlets. And that's like 1,300 pages. And after about 27 years of studying the course, uh, I actually heard the voice, Spirit's voice speaking to me saying, close the book already, Dove. You can't find yourself in a book. God doesn't write books or words or symbols or concepts. Start to trust that you already given everything. But after 27 years, and I did take that advice, I realized that I got to see that he says the same thing over and over. It's like repetition. The same themes said slightly different on different lessons, but it's the same thing over and over. And I realized, you know, you can almost get it down to because I saw a pattern. There was like a pattern. You can almost get it down to to, at first. I thought it was maybe 10. And then it came out to 12 core themes of a Course in Miracles. And, and I have two, two, two different versions. You can find it, by the way, on my website, which is called onemindfoundation.org. And if you go there and the menu bar, it says the 12 themes of A Course in Miracles. You can, you can, you can see it there. Yeah. Uh, although that, well, that is not as updated as, as my latest versions over here. I just haven't updated it in like the last year. But people but can email you to... and you'll send them as well, right? Oh, yes. We'll it matter? Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank we'll you so much for saying that. If, if they if they just write me at ACIMGather, the number seven at gmail.com, ACIMGather, the number seven at gmail, just say 12 core themes in the subject and I'll send it right out to you. You'll get it. Yeah. The simple, ver- the simple version prints out to two pages. The, the 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 regular version prints out to six pages, so it, it doesn't matter because both of them are saying the same thing. Except the six pages obviously has a little bit more 
verbosity into. I mean, yeah. I have more exa- I have more examples of each of the twelve. Okay, David, did you kind of come up with these themes yourself, or were these themes based on people you've spoken with and you kind of no. identified these? So these are your themes because one of the things that we discussed yeah. last time in our conversation, which I thought was really great, was that a lot of people do teach and reference the Course in Miracles, but they all have their sort of own slant on it, their own perspective or their own angle that they're taking. So is this kind of, you know, the core themes according to your truth, essentially? Yeah. 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 I mean, there are other teachers who think that there are hundreds of themes in the Course of Miracles, and that's fine. I I see a pattern in which, yes, he says different, different things in different places, but it comes back to the same theme. Yeah. So, uh, so, I even have it down to two. The, I call it the alpha and the omega. The first, which is purpose, and the 12th, which is process. It can actually be looked at from number one, purpose, and number 12, process. But the middle 10 are very, very valuable. Very valuable. All right. Well, so let's get want, into we it, We can start we? right now. Let's do it. Yeah. Take it away. So, so, so number one, which is purpose, and I put purpose right up front because purpose is a property of mind of mind and in course terms we are mind we're not body but we're not the body and purpose is a property of mind and in lesson 25 which happens to be my mantra lesson the one i chose to use for myself out of the 365 lessons it's not even my birthday lesson which is pretty good too but lesson 25 is, I do not know what anything is for. Yeah. I really don't know anything. And when you say that, you're able to open your mind to receive wisdom, not of your own. You, you actually receive greater wisdom by saying, I do not know. If you think you know, you, you're actually closing your mind. If you say, I do not know, you become open-minded and you're receiving wisdom greater than your own yeah because a lot of our experiences in life are based on our limited teachings upbringings you know we're not always taught that you know anything is possible we're taught that you know this is the truth this is the truth this is the truth so kind of like what you're talking about when we're open to the opportunity that maybe we don't know all the answers or those around us don't know all the answers then Maybe that's right. when the voice of God does appear. Yeah. I, actually, the thing that limits us is our own judgments that we have made either as, as much younger as a child or even in a past life. We made judgments that, oh, I like this kind of people, but I don't like that, that kind of people. And those judgments limit the way we see things. Uh, we, we actually become in, in like a, a darkened place where there's no light. The light has no limits. The, the light is unlimited. The light is infinite. But when we close our mind down by saying, well, I, I like vanilla, but I don't like chocolate. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like this, but I don't like that. So what we're doing is we're separating things out. We're making one thing more important than another. That's what judgment does. But there's no equality, which is integrity, in making one thing more special than another. But what so if you don't? connect with something more than something else you mean not to label it 
Well, no. If, if, we, if you connect with something and you don't connect with something else, ask, what is this for? The Course says, ask of all things of this world, what is it for? So in, in the Course, I think I might have mentioned this the, the, the last time I was here, instead of hanging out with just people that make you feel good, which is what the ego wants to do. Well, well I have my best friends and I, I don't care about those people over there. Start to hang out where people make you feel a little uncomfortable because that's where your lessons are. Your lessons aren't with the people that say, oh, you're, oh, you're wonderful. Your lessons are with somebody kind of is a little sarcastic. Maybe they make fun of you. Maybe they trigger you. In fact, that's what my card actually says. On the back of the card, trust would settle every problem. Now, I say that basically be grateful for your triggers because they reveal your mistaken beliefs. Because the things that bother you, the things that trigger you, the, the things where people push your buttons, that's where your lessons are. The reason that, that you don't like it is you made a judgment against it. But that's what keeps you blocked. The whole idea of the course, it says in the very beginning of the course, it says, your only function in this world certainly is not to find what love is. That's beyond the scope of this course. Your function is to find and remove all the blockages to your awareness of love's presence. So my job is to find all the judgments I've ever made that kind of crucified me, that put me into a coffin and I, and I just hammered nails into the coffin. They just kept me dead. Yeah. As you remove the judgments, you're removing the nails, you're coming down off the crucifix and you're rising up, you're resurrecting because the judgments are not holding you down. Lesson 198 of the course actually says only my judgments injure me. Only my forgiveness sets me free. And he goes on to say there, there is no pain or suffering that forgiveness cannot heal. Because the pains and the suffering come from my own judgments that keep me locked up, you might say, in the ego's prison. The ego loves judgments because the ego mm -hmm. gives meaning to things. So, so number one is purpose. Yeah. And in, 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 in lesson 25, there's a three word sentence that says purpose is meaning. Only purpose has meaning. So purpose is a property of mind and we all share the same purpose even though we don't really know that that's our purpose and the purpose i have is let me remember that my only purpose is to heal my mind as all i desire let me remember that this is the same purpose that all my brothers and sisters everywhere have the same purpose in other words i see the world as a schoolroom as a classroom that you come to learn lessons and the purpose for learning lessons is to remember the truth of what you are, to remember the truth of what you are. So the, our purpose is truth. Truth is the awakened state when the things of this world do not bother you anymore. So that's on purpose. So I want to, I have a question on purpose. So I guess when I think about what my purpose is, right? I've always kind of felt from a young age that my purpose was to help people find their own power within them, their own truth, their own way. 
So do you think that's like an ego thing? Because I always sort of felt that no, on a deeper no. level. No, no. Believe it or not, I have the same as you, by the way. Uh, the mission of One Mind Foundation is to empower others to empower themselves. Yeah. That's actually a mission or a goal. A goal is not the same as a purpose. Purpose is a property of mind. You may not even be aware that that's your purpose, but the mind's purpose is truth or integrity yeah. or, or seeing sameness or oneness that the, the purpose, actually, that's the name of my book is called into oneness. Mm -hmm. And my other book, which is really the same, but a different title, uh, uh, the open mind, loving yourself, the open mind, loving yourself. So, Along the way, you may have many different goals. Your goal now may, may be to help others. And then maybe at a, at a later time, you're going to change the goal to, to, to spend more time loving yourself or maybe loving your, your husband. Or it, so goals change from year to year, you know, decade to decade. I mean, here I am in my 81st year. And... Uh, you know, over the many years, my goals have changed. When you're younger, you think about making money or, or achieving success or, or becoming well-known. You know, th those are goals. You know, I want people to read my book, you know, but then, you know, you gradually evolve into you want to know who you truly are. So the course is about knowing the truth of who you truly are. I see that. So in a way, my purpose, what I thought was my purpose is actually my goal. And then if I'm rephrasing that in a way, I suppose my purpose in a way would be to be peaceful. So which kind of comes yes. down to what we were talking about before. It's not only the goal of A Course in Miracles. It's really the goal of, 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 of Buddhism, Hinduism, Zen, uh, yoga to quiet the mind. In fact, the newest expression is called mindfulness. And people in major companies, or especially out in the Silicon Valley, they, they all go to mindfulness classes. And what that is about is focusing the mind to be here now. Yeah. Into his presence would I enter now. So, so we're given an opportunity to quiet the mind. Now, the, the, the ego mind does not know what now means. The ego lives in time. And time means I'm, I'm thinking of my, my past uh, happenings, either uh, something that happened to me where I had to do something to survive or I, I'm planning for the future. So I'm trying to use my, my mind to have a better future than my past. Well, next time I'm going to do it this way. Well, actually, the healed mind doesn't plan anything. The healed mind is just quiet and everything is happening for you. Things are being given to you. That's what trust is. Trust is my willingness to step back and let him lead the way. The him is spirit. Mm. And in fact, that's one of the lessons of the Course in Miracles. Lesson 155 is let me step back and let him lead the way. So that's when you actually smile a lot more. You, you, you don't take things as seriously because you don't have to figure things out any anymore. Yeah. You're actually letting a spirit guide, a spirit guide kind of 
point the way to you and you just follow in the footsteps of spirit. I love that. So let's go down to, uh, well, when I say down, I mean, let's proceed to the next core theme, which is number two, which is okay. I'm responsible for my thoughts right. and their effects. And I think that is a nice segue of what you were just talking about. Right. Sometimes I say that this one should, deserves to be number one, literally, because it's so yeah. valuable and important. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Because being, because being responsible means that I am the cause of what's going on with me. There, yes. there, there's a line of the course. It's in, it's in chapter 21, section two, which literally says everything that seems to happen to me, everything that seems to happen to me, I have asked for and I have received exactly as I have asked. And then it says, yeah. deceive yourself no longer that you're helpless, that, that, that the things are being done to you, that, that, that you're unfairly treated. Deceive yourself no longer in the face of what is done to you. Acknowledge that you have been mistaken and all effects of your mistakes will disappear. Now, yeah. when we say, well, why is this happening to me? That's the ego. The ego says, oh, my God, you know, why is this happening to me? Poor me. You know, I, yeah, he says he says simply he says uh, this this one idea will give you vision, happiness in all that you do. Just remember that you are the cause and not the effect as cause. You're getting back to, as you know, the course says. The world is like the matrix. It's like a dream. It's like a, a, it's like a hologram. And yes, the script is already written, but I am not the victim. I'm not the figure in the movie or in the dream. I'm the dreamer. I'm the dreamer of the dream. I'm the cause of the lessons I came here to learn. I gave myself these lessons and I'm here to receive the lessons. And when I receive the lessons, my mind will be healed. And that's such a big thing because with responsibility, you know, you are, when you take on the responsibility, you can't blame other people all of a sudden. It's like, what, how am I attracting exactly. this? What lesson does this have to teach me? As you were saying, that's a really difficult sort of pill to swallow. I would say. Yes, it is. But the faster that you learn this and the faster you start to train your mind to see things differently you begin to let go of exactly what you said you stop blaming people and whenever you blame somebody you see them as guilty and poor me is innocent but if you see right. guilt anywhere in the world if you see guilt anywhere the guilt is over here because the same chapter chapter 21 starts out in the introduction projection makes perception so I am projecting out onto the movie screen. You know, when you go to a movie, it looks like it's going on out there on the screen. It looks like it. But you know that there is a projector booth behind you where it's being projected out onto the screen. So the next line in, the, in chapter 21 says, the world you see is nothing more than an outside picture of an inner condition within you. Mm -hmm. So if you see guilt out there and you want to, like, like a hot potato, I want you to feel guilty. Poor me is innocent. No, you can't get rid of the guilt. You're still holding on to the guilt. You think you, you gave the hot potato to somebody else. 
But as long as you believe in guilt anywhere, the guilt is over here. You might say the entire course is about letting go of guilt. Guilt is the, is the idea in which the ego keeps you in prison because guilt demands punishment. And yes. we basically say, and, and we basically say, God, don't worry about it. You don't have to punish me. I'll punish myself. Yeah. And that's what we do in this world. That's what we do in this world. Yeah. And it's so hard. Like when you were talking there and I was thinking, okay, so, you know, when you know that you're creating your own reality, when you're the dreamer of the dream and you're maybe let's, let's say you stop blaming other people and you start looking at yourself for the things that you're attracting in your life, you know, guilt is a big word because then you go, well, if I'm responsible for what I'm attracting, then it's my fault that I'm doing this. How do you start to create a bit of a neutral way of looking at the things that happen to you. I mean, this, this doesn't happen overnight, oh, okay. right? This takes time. <laughs> well, one of the easiest ways is to change the way you look at it. Instead of saying, why is this happening to me? And I assure you, it's not happening to you. Mm -hmm. There is a purpose for it's happening. Ask instead, what is this teaching me? Yeah. What is this teaching me? And, and that's exactly what it gets down to what I what I do in my practice when I'm counseling somebody. If somebody feels angry at somebody, if somebody feels concerned or they're worried about something, you know, instead of saying, oh, you know, th these things are always happening to me. That's being a victim. Lesson 30 and 31 of the Course in Miracles says, I am not a victim of this world. Lesson 32 says, I invented this world. We are the dreamer of the dream. Yeah. So when you turn it around and say, what is this teaching me? Instead yeah. of why is this happening to me? Yeah. You ask. Now, we, we're, we're asked to ask Holy Spirit, well, what is this for? Why, why am I going through this? When you ask a new teacher. Now, the teacher we have when we're born is the ego. The ego says, well, if you cry, Someone's going to feed you. If you complain, someone's going to do something about it. Do this, do that. And, and we find that when we complain, when we explain, when we defend ourselves, we get to be better than others because, you know, somehow others are not doing their job and I want them to know about it. That's the ego's way of looking at things. Now, when we go and ask a new teacher, which is God's teacher, which is the Holy Spirit, which is in all of us, which is the light in all of us. And you say, what is this for? When you ask, you shall receive an answer because you as the child, as the son of God, as, the as God's creation is entitled to be given everything that you ask for. So when you ask, what is this for? It'll be given to you. Mm, you know what, when you're saying that as well, what came to me was that when you ask, you know, what does this have to teach me or what lesson is here? You're approaching it with kindness. You're approaching it with compassion. You're approaching it with peace instead of, yeah, the blaming, judgment, poor me, victim mentality. There really is just in that one summary, a really clear attitude adjustment in a way <laughs> where you're going, I'm going to talk to myself with kindness and I'm going to look at the situation almost objectively from, would you say your higher self 
to get exactly. that lesson. Yeah. And not from the, the small version that yeah. poor me that keeps me in this little box of victimhood where everyone's out to get me, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You, you're taking yourself out of the victimhood and you're putting yourself as cause. Yeah. When you are cause, everything reverses itself. Instead of the world doing things to you, you look out at the world and realize the world looks the way it is. Now, if I have a peaceful, loving mind, I will see the world as peaceful and loving. But if my mind is in fear, I will think the world is going to do something to me and I have to kind of tighten up and defend myself. The longest lesson in the course, lesson 135, says if I defend myself, I'm attacking myself. So when you see mm -hmm. that I'm taking this side of the coin, like, well, I don't want to be hurt again. I've been hurt before. So I got to protect myself. I got to guard myself. I got to keep others. Up. You know, I got to I can't trust others. You know what you're doing is you're putting yourself into a straitjacket again. You, you, you're actually putting yourself into a, a prison suit, serving a life sentence on death row, hoping that nothing bothers you between now and, and death. God doesn't create children to die. No one ever asks with a, a loving, benign creator, a, a loving father, want his children to die. So when you or ask suffer, the question, even. Or, or suffer. suffer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, there's a line in the course that says, if there's pain, there is no God. Oh, if there's God, if there's, if, if, if there's God, there is no pain. Right. Because really, I remember, you know, one of the things I learned from Eckhart Tolle's teaching was really, it's not the situation, but our thoughts about it. So when we bring it back to the core theme of I'm responsible for my thoughts and their effects, we understand that we are the ones that are perpetuating a belief or a victimhood, or we're keeping ourselves in that tormented state. That's our window of being able to step out of it. And so just going back before we move on to core number three, when we ask ourselves, what does this have to teach me? That takes us out of that victim space, doesn't it? Just to reiterate to our listener yes. at home. I, yeah. I, I think mentioning Eckhart Tolle is, is a good idea here because Eckhart Tolle is very focused in the now. Yeah. In the middle of that lesson, if I defend myself, I attack myself in paragraph 18. I'll, I'll, I'll quote it here. It's my yes. go-to favorite paragraph in the entire course. Paragraph 18 of lesson 135. It says, after six paragraphs of do not plan, it says a healed mind does not plan. It receives wisdom, not of its own. It receives wisdom. Why, why am I planning? Only the ego loves to plan, but it can only plan based on the past. Well, I don't want the future to look like the past, but, but you're never living in the now. Yeah. It's only in the now that you can actually live. Ego doesn't know what now is. It lives yeah. in, in, on the horizontal axis of time. Yeah. Now, allow, uh, now uh, allows you to rise vertically on the, on the vertical axis to rise above the battleground where it is peaceful. It, you, you're peaceful. Yeah. Now, uh, so, so, so that paragraph 18, which follows the six paragraphs of do not plan, says, what can you not accept if you but knew that everything that seems to happen 
all events, past, present, and even to come, are gently planned for you by one whose only purpose is your good. That's it. It's, these, these events are planned. Why can't I accept them? You can only accept it in the now. So when you bring yourself back to the now, there's no fear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's almost like the Beatles song. Let it be. Yeah. Let it be. You know, if I have to rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic, I'm still going to go down with the ship. But when you just let things be, there's nothing to fear. Yeah, it's so funny because, you know, we just very often we want things to be different than they are now, or we already have a predetermined idea of how something's supposed to roll out. And kind of like what you're talking about, when we are responsible for our thoughts and their effects, when we're able to neutralize and come back to the moment and be peaceful, that's when, like you said, inspiration enters. That's when our divine guidance enters. That's when our higher self allows itself to you know, where we allow it to be heard, I suppose, because like you're talking about when we're not in the moment, when we're not taking responsibility for our thoughts and then the effects that they have on us, we're very often missing all of those little pieces of wisdom and those gentle, subtle nudges and coincidences that are ushering us down the path of peace and love. Yes. Uh, You know, you know, the idea of trust means that uh, no matter what happens, I am perfectly safe. No matter what happens, I am perfectly cared for. See, that yeah. is the truth. Uh, the part of us that thinks that we have to watch out, you know, or something terrible will happen, that is not the son of God. That's yeah. the image. I, uh, I, I sometimes call it the, the, the crash test dummy. It's like it's, like it's our mask that we sent to school. It's a crash test dummy, but who we are as spirit, not a body, who we are as spirit is perfectly safe, mm-hmm. perfectly safe, perfectly cared for. Mm-hmm. The crash David, test dummy may not be perfectly safe. Why do you think some people want to explore <clears throat> you know, content like ACIM or learn about themselves or desire their purpose uh, where others don't what do you think is the difference well well that's a good question and i would say you know i'm looking at my own life and i think this is true for a lot of people you know uh my good friend john mundy who wrote a book on 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 the mystics say that most the most percentage of mystics got to be a mystic by hitting rock bottom first, that something happened in their life and there was only one way to go and that was up. So sometimes you do have to hit rock bottom. That's what happened in my own life. I mean, during my 20s, everything was wonderful. I was making lots of money. Things were really great. And then all of a sudden, as I turned 30, my whole life changed. I kind of lost my family. I, you know, I, I, if, if, if something didn't happen soon, I was about 32 years old, I probably would have been found dead on some street in New York City. But wow. it came to me as a spiritual rebirth, you might say, that, that, that 
because I wanted to see something new, something different, it was given to me to see something new because I knew that something must be different. I, you know, so you must literally come to a place where you say there must be a better way. Ken mm -hmm. Wapnick, who is considered the best teacher of the Course of Miracles, and he is, was the best, he was my teacher. He says, listen, if life is working for you, this course is not for you. If life is working for you, this course of miracles is not for you. Because you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't really need the course of miracles. But when life is not working for you, and I think that those people who become mystics find some place where all of a sudden they do hit rock bottom and they have to say, is there another way of looking at this? And there's many people like that. Eckhart Tolle, by the way, is yeah. one of those people that yeah. hit rock bottom. By the way, he did do the Course of Miracles. Byron Katie, who's one of the best teachers in the world, she also hit rock bottom, really. And then all yeah. of a sudden she had an awakening. So uh, depends on what you were. I, I would say if you come into this world with this script, you will go through all those stages. That's my own thought on that. Yeah. Beautiful. Number three, the core theme. Yeah, and, 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 yes, then, yeah. and, and then, and then there's, there's one other thing. And in the course, it says, sometimes what you think is, is your greatest advances is really your greatest retreats. And what you think is your greatest failures or your greatest retreats are your greatest advances. So it's okay to have a failure and a retreat. That yeah. allows you to say, is there another way of looking at this? It's your, it's your willingness to see things differently that brings the course to you. Yeah. There's a part of the course where, where he says, my trust in you right now is greater than your trust in me, but it won't always be that way. And then the next line says, I don't choose my channels wrongly. So that's when he gets very personal. He says, listen, if, you, if you're doing the course of miracles, there's no accident here. You came here to do the Course of Miracles. You came here yeah. to do it. Mm, that's beautiful. One thing I remember listening, or I, I was reading a Oracle deck and it, um, Colette Baron reads Oracle deck. And one of the cards was, um, one of the lines in the, in the book was, rejection is God's protection. I'm not sure if I told you that before, but I always thought that that was really profound because I think that sometimes we forget, yeah, about the higher purpose and that, we're being looked after. Yes, definitely. In trust, in the teacher's manual, it says God's teachers, and that's part of my 12 core, core themes. I, I kind of know it kind of, by, kind of by heart, but maybe I'll just look it up. But basically it says, oh, here it is. The teachers of God have trust in the world, in the world, because they have learned it's not governed by the laws that the world made up, like the worlds of chaos, the worlds of you and me, the worlds of survival, I'll kill you or, or, or you kill me. It's governed by a power that is in them, but not of them. So this power of God is in all of us. It's, it's the light. And it, it, it allows, it's like being on a back lot of, of, of a Hollywood movie. You know, there's a lot of props, a lot of things can go wrong. But basically, at the end of the day, nothing is really going wrong. We're just learning lessons. We're just yeah. learning lessons. Yeah, I think that, you know, 
we're just, we take life so seriously. I mean, even just me having a puppy the last few days has been a major adjustment. And I was just reminded to have fun with it, to look at the lessons I'm learning and to, to find the joy within it. And it changes everything when you remind yourself to, you know, reframe your, I guess your perspective or your, your attitude in a way. And, you know, I guess when you're talking, I know you keep coming back to trust and I agree that's the most important thing. And I think that, you know, when we are kind of looking at our life, you know, we are the ones like, like we've kind of been talking about that we add the negativity or the guilt or the, you know, the kind of the, the judgment on everything that we're doing. But when we're reminded to just it's just lessons I'm learning to not take them so seriously, like so seriously, it changes your entire world. Yes. Um, that takes it's practice. Funny that you mentioned, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, basically uh, only the ego takes things seriously. As you yeah. begin to do the course on a regular basis and you're more disciplined, you start to smile and laugh a lot more. At one point in the course, Jesus says, what a joke to think that time can come to circumvent eternity. Who we are is eternal beings thinking that time is real, thinking that I was born in time and I end in time, like, you know, bodies die. Yeah. No, the body may, may die, but spirit is eternal. Yeah. So God doesn't create bodies. God creates spirit. We are the, 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 the shared one mind spirit of God. Together, we are the spirit of God. Beautiful. So just for our listener at home, David and I have decided that we're going to do this particular show now in sections uh, because I don't want to rush this conversation. So uh, we'll see what we get through today. We might have to do one or two follow-up sessions, David, if you're up for it. Absolutely. Sure. All right, my friend, let's go into number three now. So uh, according to okay. your core theme, we're at number right. three. Yeah, the 12 core themes. Go ahead. Right. And number three is nothing in this world will satisfy the eternal son of God and nothing in this world can hurt the son of God unless he chooses to believe it can. Very important. Our our belief system, and if you look at the word belief, in the middle of the word belief, there's a lie, L-I-E. When you spell out the word belief, there's a lie. We have a belief that we can be hurt. If you believe that you can be hurt, then you'll be hurt. And, and beliefs are judgments that stay in place until I forgive myself for that judgment. So when I, when, when I, believe in the things of this world, meaning things that begin in time and end in time. Like, well, I got a job, I got, I got a home, I got, I got this, I got, I got a family, I got this. All these things begin in time and end in time. If you value the things of this world, the things that begin in time and end in time, you will never be content with it because the eternal spirit that we are wants something that is eternal, that like peace is eternal. Yeah. Love, oneness, light, anything that 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 cannot be measured, things that can be measured happen in time. 
Things that right. cannot be measured happen in eternity. It's almost things that can be taken away as well, right? Things that exactly. happen in time can That's be taken it. away because we always, we, you know, kind of are in the habit of thinking that as soon as I get that thing, then I'll be satisfied, then I'll be happy. But very often, those are things that can be taken away. When you're talking about attributes about love and peace and light, that's all within. That's within and that's, that's without any kind of, you know, product or situation right. or anything like that, right? Yeah, so it can't be yeah. taken away because it is within. Exactly. No matter how much you have, you always either want more yeah. Or you're afraid that someone can take it away from take you away. and you'll have less. So whenever yeah. you're, you're thinking of anything to do with numbers, you're always in the world of the ego. Uh, Ken, Ken Wapnick used to say, Jesus could not count, was not good at math. He couldn't count past one. <laughs> uh, because, because oneness is the love of God. You can't lose anything in oneness. Oneness is all encompassing. There's nothing outside of oneness. But if there's two-ness, there's you and me, yeah, and exactly. I have a lot and you have very little, or maybe you have a lot and I have little, you're afraid that, well, you know, he's going to want what I have. And if I have a lot, I'm thinking that she wants what I got. So I'm more worried about losing what I have. Uh, it's sometimes said as, as a as a uh, as a uh, parable. Uh, how long would Las Vegas last if you came for the weekend and you won a lot of money? And at the end of the weekend, before you got on the plane, they took all the money back. Or if you went there, you lost a lot of money, and at the end of the weekend, they gave you the money back. But that's exactly what happens here. You only come with the light in your heart and in your mind and when you leave you only leave with the same light in your heart and your mind you, you don't take anything home with you yeah it's so funny but then the ego keeps telling us that by the more we accumulate or the status we have or the money in our bank or the notoriety you know that we have or whatever that that is the representation of a successful life which when we know the difference when we understand that those are all superficial things outside of ourselves, you almost think that you can't help but be running beliefs, aka lies within yourself that tell you that that can all be taken away. That's an excellent point. The idea of more, M-O-R-E, is yeah. the idea of the ego's idol no matter how much you have, you think you want more. I want more time. I want more yeah. money. I want more success. I always want more. Yeah. But that's an idol that has nothing to do. That's like idolizing more instead of remembering that I am God's son. No, I'm not. Who wants to be God's son? I want more. <laughs> I want more. <laughs> I, I want, want more than special. that. Right. I, I yeah. want to be special. Yeah. But no matter what you have in this world, it will not content you. It will not. That's what that's what number three is nothing in this world will satisfy the eternal son of god yeah and then it says uh in lesson 128 the world i see holds nothing that i want i loose the world from all that i thought it was there is no world now if you look at the world as a movie or as a dream it's it's like a classroom you come here to learn lessons yeah. that doesn't mean that that the that the movie is, is is not a movie 
it's not, but it's not who you truly are. It's just a backdrop for learning the lessons of who am I, what am I, and what is really valuable and what has no value to you whatsoever. Peace, it has eternal value. Yeah. Light, love, truth, these are eternal values. And if it, yeah. it belongs to me, it belongs to you too, because what belongs, what, what is real belongs to all equally, equally. Mm. That's what makes it real, that all are given the same. That's the justice of God. That's the love of God. That's all are created equal. Mm -hmm. I remember I was reading the book, The Moses Code. I'm not sure if you ever read that, but there was one yes, part. Yeah. yeah and they were talking about how, you know, yeah, you can attract and manifest all these things. But if you continue on reading the book, you're going to change your life forever. So obviously I'm like, Ooh, what's coming up next, you know, so keep reading. And one of the things that they were talking about in that book was the desire for more in the sense of desiring for something like peace, love, and light. And they kind of encouraged you to think about what it is that you want. And I remember thinking to myself, well, I want peace that for me is my number one desire I suppose you could say that I, that I want. And because when you have almost those, those traits, I guess, for lack of a better word, the, the peaceful trait is that quality, I guess, peace, love, light, nothing yes. else matters because you're in a state that's so elevated that everything else is just insignificant in a way. Yeah. Lesson 133 happens to be my birthday lesson. Maybe one day we, we can take a look at, at birthday lessons. But I was Ooh, I like born it. on the, I was born on a leap year, May 12th. My birthday is the 133rd lesson of, 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 the, of the year. And there's only 365 lessons. And once it came, one, one day it came to me, what's the possibility that you were born on the lesson that you were born to teach? And lesson 133 is one of the most practical lessons in the course. He tells you that in paragraph one, very practical. And I found it very helpful. And if, if anyone's doing the course, take a look at lesson 133. It literally says, I will not value what is valueless. What's valuable belongs to me. And he gives you three criteria of what has no value whatsoever. I like the first two. And, and, and that's what I focus on. The first one I call time. If something begins in time and ends in time, it has no value to you, the eternal. The other I call space. If I have something that you don't have or you have something that I don't have, whatever it is has no value because what's valuable belongs to all equally. So I'm going to hang out with him and I'm going to learn what he knows. No, no. Whatever you think that he has that you don't have has no value because what's really valuable, which is the peace, the light, the love, the truth is given to all equally, equally. Right. All are created equally in the eternal mind of God. Right. And in a way, I guess when you're living life from that perspective, you encourage other people to do the same because you're almost a, a you're it's kind of as though you, you attract maybe more people like that. Or like you said, when you're attracting people that, you know, are going to challenge you, that's also good. Or when you're with people that are going to challenge you, that's also good. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, when you're operating from that 
point of view, you allow other people to experience that as well. Yes, I think you do it more by by the way you are. One of my most recent ways of looking at the experience of the course, you know, uh, as you grow older, and I guess I'm growing older, uh, it's not what you know, it's not who you know, it's what you become. And, mm-hmm. and who I am in the world, whether I'm gentle or kind or relaxed and, and enjoying, that is the experience of the course. In, in course language, you, you, it's not only good to talk the talk, but you have to walk your talk. Yeah. And some people don't exactly walk their talk. They actually talk a, a good thing, but they don't actually live it. Yeah. You, the more you're able to live the course rather than talk the course, that's how you can motivate people. People say, well, what is it that you've been doing? Well, I, I've been doing a course of miracles, you know? Yeah, I love that. All right, David, we are up on time now. So for our listener at home, we're okay. going to divide this into different parts because I'm not going to rush uh, the concept. I initially thought we would just do a little power hour session, but you know, I don't want to. This stuff for me is way too important. And Very I think good. David agrees as well. So we will probably have um, part two, three, and potentially four of this conversation. So David, before we wrap up this show, can you please remind our listener at home how they can get a hold of you? And for our listener at home, I will put all of David's contact information in the show notes so it's easy for you to access. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I do counseling for anyone who, who either has things that are going on in their life that trigger them, that bother them. And I think that that's one of the easiest ways to lighten up is once you realize that we made some kind of a judgment that, that has hurt us. And the way it hurts us is we, we actually judged and thought it hurt somebody else, but the judgments actually hurt us. When you find that judgment and you release it, forgiveness looks at the judgment and does nothing because nothing really happened. You just put a wall in front of you or you, you, you put a lock on on Mm -hmm. your own mind as you release yourself from it you lighten up the light starts to shine that's that's what i do people can reach me at acim gather the number seven at gmail.com or they can call me at 914-282-4455 and uh we we have a place called acimgather.com or dot us and it's on seven days a week 365 days, 24 hours a day. And when it's on the radio, you can actually tune in. Just go to acimgather.com or .us and there's a radio station. And please join us. It's an opportunity to join a community of like-minded people. Thank you so much. Beautiful. And I look forward to our next conversation, David. Thank you so much. And remember, it's onemindfoundation.org. Love you all. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.